Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petham here as always. And of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a two win in match day five of the Conference League against Legia Warsaw. Of course, it's all in Villa's hands now in Group E. They're now in sole control. All they need is literally a point against Rinsky on December 14th. And then they are clear of the next knockout round i think the round of 32 whatever they're calling it, it's a special name for the conference league maybe to make it more bougie who knows for that knockout round but all in all it's in villa's hands and that's all that matters of course we do have mr tom nightingale here with me as well so tom i'll pass it over to you how's it going and uh what'd you make of that one yeah good i mean it's nice always nice to have a uh, place in the knockout uh, in one of the knockout rounds at least secure with a game to spare um Obviously, if you could design a perfect game, then that that excellently on Bailey effort, bar down from that long Robin Olsen pass, would would bounce the right side of the line rather than directly on the line. But that's really a case of you can't have everything in life, I think. Um, I was saying to you before recording that if our only real complaints from that game um, are that we didn't get the second goal and we didn't get the bye through to the last 16, then that's a sign that things are going pretty well, I think. Oh, I, I would say so. We might as well get right down to the nitty gritty, of course. We'll start with the lineup, of course. Uh, Olsen, Longley, Moreno, Tillemans, Duran all come in. No Ollie Watkins whatsoever. A few different journalists have reported on that. Apparently, Unai Emery said it was a 50-50 chance of him starting. They didn't want to risk it. I mean, fair enough, to be honest. I would rest him heading into Zerinsky as well with that fixture congestion. I, and to be honest, I feel like this kind of works out pretty well in regards to that i mean touch wood that it's it's nothing worse and he does of course face bournemouth on the weekend on sunday most importantly but i mean in regards to that lineup as a whole i mean you have to be pretty happy with it we'll, we'll get into some of the individual performances in a bit but all in all a, a good starting lineup yeah i think so it's exactly like uh i think clement longley is you know i wasn't sure about him first couple of games obviously we got up after that rough start in warsaw um losing three two uh, I think he's grown into that sort of deputy centre back role. Um, the more we've seen of him, I thought he had a pretty solid. He had a pretty solid game. Um, yeah, I mean Tielemans again. Like every time I see Yuri Tielemans play, uh, I'm reminded more why I was really pleased when we signed him in the summer for you know on a free transfer. That ball down the channel for Diaby's Diaby's opener, another excellent assist from Tielemans. He really feels like he's finding his feet now. Um, despite the fact he's not starting very many games. He's like one in the league all season. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, like Robin Olsen, obviously, when we saw Olsen's name in the starting lineup, there's always going to be some grumbles. Um, but the problem is, is like you can't, as much as fans, you know, it's the FIFA or football manager um, mentality, I think, you know, you can't really have a sub goalkeeper who doesn't ever play for many reasons. Um, and I actually thought Olsen played pretty well i don't like i don't really think robin olsen did anything wrong today we've got to remember he's sweden's number one he's an experienced goalkeeper i think part of the problem with olsen is that we 
let's be honest, we've become very altogether too blasé, I think, as Villa fans. The, the fact that we have genuinely the world's best goalkeeper as our starting goalkeeper. And I think that maybe a side effect of that is that we've forgotten what it's like to have what I would call a probably like an average goalkeeper in goal. Or like, you know, it's, it's, Rob, Robin Olsen's been a top-level goalkeeper, but he's not sort of top-tier or top-bracket in the way that Emmy Martinez obviously is. Um, Olsen's a pretty standard goalkeeper. Most clubs are in a position where someone like Robin Olsen is their number one goalkeeper. Generally solid, things to work on, playing out from the back, maybe makes the odd mistake. Like That is actually what a goalkeeper is nine times out of ten. And I think we're very lucky that well, that's not our starting goalkeeper situation anymore. I thought he was pretty solid again. Um, and then, you know, we'll get on to obviously a bit of shout out to Alex Moreno. Fantastic to see, right? What a story that is. Come back, score the winning goal. Great to have him back. JJ Ramsey off the bench again. Great to have him back. It's looking up really, I think, heading into a busy period. Yeah, I mean, Olsen just always, always is always going to give us um, kind of a, a little bit of a heart attack or a hiccup every once in a while. But I mean, probably aside from just thinking off the top of my head, maybe you'd think of Arsenal as a team that has two top tier goalkeepers and you're even wondering how. And even they're not happy, you know, even people yeah. aren't happy with one of them at least. So Yeah, so th- the fact that that we don't have two goalkeepers that and to be fair to Emmy Martinez, he isn't considered naturally a ball playing goalkeeper. He's just kind of evolved that into his game over time. The to have both of them, unless you're probably City really or Arsenal these days, it, it's very few and far in between. If not, it's gonna be very expensive and they don't want to be sitting on the bench. So would they come in ahead of Emmy Martinez? No, you're not gonna buy another goalkeeper for that purpose unless there's some kind of sale in the future which we don't want to discuss at any point um ever so regardless of that yeah i think we might as well get on to the moreno chat now i mean just we'll skip ahead maybe to the 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 match winner per se we'll be a little bit all over the place it's okay for this one because we're going to make this a little bit of a a quicker um to the point recording because i know so many people will just kind of quickly move on and focus on bournemouth in the league and rightly so but i mean tom the match winner the way he played today. I, I think a lot of people are probably a little nervous to see him maybe get exposed at times, considering we all know he has the pace, but how does he react coming back from that injury more importantly? And then of course, I mean, they were targeting his side continuously, but he really held his own, didn't he? And I, I think this really shows that, I mean, for one, Luca Dean finally gets a little bit of a breather, which is well-deserved and well-needed, but we're starting to see a little bit of that more kind of tactical flexibility, aren't we? I think so. It's like two things, really, because obviously uh, Moreno, you've got to expect a bit of rust. Last time he played was, what, May? Um, yeah. He's been in the squad a few times but on his way back, but to go straight in without any, you know, not even a substitute appearance, like without any action all season long and then be thrown in in a game like this, okay, like Villa expected to dominate the ball at home to Warsaw. Um, but you know that they were going to be a big counterattack threat. Like we saw what they can do in the first game in Poland. Um, I thought he held his own really well. Um, you know, a bit rusty. He did get exposed a few times, like like you said, but nothing, I think, to be concerned about moving forward. I think that's just partly him playing his way, playing his way back into fitness and not so much the fitness, is it? It's the form or the, um, I guess, the consistent game time. And, you know, him scoring that winner, uh, I thought he did really well to adjust his body and get it home on his weaker foot. Uh, and that's pretty much the best thing that could happen, you know, for him. Coming back, big moment already today. Coming back and going back at Villa Park in front of in front of his own fans, 
getting back to playing after months and months out um, to then score the winner. Um, huge confidence boost moving forward, right? And then the second thing is, I think we've spoken about this before when he was when he was on the verge of coming back. It's really indicative of how how far we've come and how much we've moved forward in terms of having competition for places all over the pit. Because Taff Moreno and Luca Dean, particularly the, like, the form that Dean has been in at times this season, very hard to drop him. Um, and that's what you want, isn't it? Same with Yuri Tielemans. Like, I thought Tielemans misplaced a few passes today and, you know, like, you know, and maybe a little bit sloppy at times, but there's no doubting that we've come a long way from having, well, you know, sort of no disrespect to like Leander Dendonka. But there are levels of backup midfielder, I think. And like Yuri Tielemans would start for many, many Premier League teams week in, week out in midfield. So to have him as your rotation option is fantastic. And it's just one of those important pieces, isn't it? In, in you know, pieces of the puzzle in getting to where we want to, where we are now and where we want to, where we want to keep being, competing on all fronts. You need that kind of depth. So having Moreno back, having Ramsey back, it's just fantastic, especially, I mean, I'm sure we'll get on to the fixture congestion that's coming up, but going into a period like that, huge, huge boost for not only Moreno to be back, but to be back in, in such style. Well, to see that 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 side of Ramsey and Moreno, of course, I mean, it, it's something we've all been waiting for, of course, and it's taken so long and it, it, it almost feels like you've been given a present and then it's been taken away and finally you're good yeah. again. And you're a good little boy or girl. We're close enough to December. This will go out in December. So there's a little bit of a festive twist to this one. And Santa says you're on the good list again. So we finally get them both back. And hopefully it is here to stay. I mean, we might get this one out of the way. I noticed for Tom that you mentioned this. But I mean, the big boob, Bubakar Kamara, he doesn't make too many mistakes, of course, to... This one today was a massive blunder. I mean, some people kind of pointing at Robin Olsen to at least dive. Uh, to be honest, it's one of those that's placed so well, you're just caught flat-footed. Um, I think it's pronounced Moochie or Mookie that scored it. I'm not going to pretend that I know how to should know by now because I think he scored three times against us, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I do apologize. So if you want to send me a fine for um, screwing up that name, I do apologize. But, I mean, it, it is a perfect kind of uh, hindsight 2020 thing when you look at it, isn't it, Tom? That even I, – I know – in the Premier League, we look at it as the best league in the world and yada, yada, yada. But once you get into competitions like the Conference League, I know some people would maybe um, would kind of put their rose or clarity and blue tinted glasses, I guess you could really say, on and say, you know what, we should be dusting these teams aside. But these teams have absolute quality. And I mean, that was just one of the moments where you can't forget it. I, th- I thought Warsaw were one of, the, one of the better teams that we've seen at Villa Park this year oh you know they were i mean i thought we were deserved winners definitely and okay their goal did come from mistake um yeah you know like kamara he's been pretty much mistake free i think since he's been in villa's team he is so reliable and it's just that thing like when you know emmy martinez was it last season let that uh shot through against man united i think bruno fernandez and that was like pretty much the only example i could think of of a bad emmy martinez mistake just shows even these players who are so reliable you know, to use everyone's favorite, you know, everyone's favorite term about Ty- Mr. Tyrone Mings. Everyone's got a mistake in them, haven't they? It's just that's what football is. Um, I thought that Warsaw the they took their goal very well. You know, it's great finish. I don't really think that Robin Olsen can be blamed for that. I know, like, he's definitely not as adept at playing out from the back as Martinez is, but that's 
that's the mandate, isn't it, under Unai? And so it's going to have some teething problems. Um, that was one of those, I think. But yeah, I mean, we've seen the we've seen the, the competitive, like the level of competitive play in this competition so far already. Uh, just to, just really pleased to come away with the win, really, because it was a bit of a, you know, I obviously backed us to win coming in, but I didn't really, didn't think it'd be very easy, particularly as you know, we're going to make some changes just because you have to. Uh, I thought Watkins, he needs a, you know, he needs a rest, and particularly particularly if he's got a bit of a knock, sensible thing to do, definitely to rest him. But my, you know, John Duran's a talented boy, but my goodness, we miss Ollie Watkins when he's not in the team. It's it's the that attacking focal point, right? You could. He's. I remember a year or two ago, we we sort of had as a fan base, we had some complaints about Ollie Watkins' first touch. You know, passes being fired into him from midfield, it wouldn't always stick in his feet. You know, you'd get awkward bounces, he'd lose possession. You barely see that from Watkins anymore. And I thought today it was really apparent that we missed that quite a lot. He's such a reliable hold-up guy, turning the ball over. You know, back to goal, playing in midfielders, and then making runs in behind and that sort of stuff. I thought we missed that today. Um, but considering the changes, considering there was a bad error for their goal, hard not to be not to be pleased really with coming away from the win. Like we said, if we if we'd got that second goal, it'd be great. But I actually think you know, talking about well, we now need a point. Yeah. I think to be to be sure of first place, but I think we could still be all right if results go the way. Alkmaar won today, so they they have real motivation to beat Warsaw, which is good in the last game. Um, but there's an argument, I think, given how much fixtures are stacking up, I'm not too upset that Villa have to go to Zrinski, um, being competitive, needing a result from the game. Because I'm not sure how much, as much as there's talk about, you know, it'd be great to rest players and rotate and everything. I'm not actually sure how much a fixture with no meaning to it would help us in the middle of this run. You know, we've got Bournemouth City, Arsenal, then Zerinsky, then Brentford away after that, which is a really tough game. You know, looking on the bright side, doing the glass half full kind of thing, I, I think there's an argument to say that it's good that we've got to go and we've got to try and get a result, Zerinsky, because it would keep that, you know, Unai would be on be on our players anyway, right? To keep them competitive and keep them going for results. But I think it's good that there's something riding on that game because it will keep the momentum of competitivity, com- competition, I don't know. <laughs> but it will keep the motivation going and keep us competitive. And I think that's a good thing going into December because December is brutal. Yeah, it's it's just maintaining that that tempo that you're talking about. And that Keep it levels up, right? Yeah, like I, I I never really buy into that. And we've seen Villa do this in the past in Europe. Of course, a lot of people can think of um, well, basically one of the last times we were in Europe and just kind of throwing away a game or two. Anyways, we won't get into that. Um, but all in all, I I think it is important and. Again, like you said there so correctly, Tom, Unai Emery is going to take every game very seriously regardless. And if, if I'm not mistakenly super inaccurate in saying this, we only can only play so many players in this competition anyways to, that were registered, if I'm thinking correct. I think so, yeah, but I yeah, have no so where we're at. Yeah, so like it realistically, the team that you probably saw play against Warsaw at Villa Park on this past Thursday. Of course, you're hearing this on the Friday for contact sake. That's probably going to be a pretty similar team that will play against the so. And I, I mean, to kind of get away from that match in particular and even kind of to bring into Bournemouth's perspective for a second. I mean, if you were going to say hypothetically, Tom, that maybe Ollie Watkins misses two matches, it's probably not the worst two. I know we just don't do well against Bournemouth, but 
Maybe there's an argument that, I mean, even Unai Emery, I saw in a quote a few minutes ago, um, said to, I think it was Jacob Tanswell of The Athletic, that um, basically all he needed to rest anyways, which we've referenced before, and Duran needed minutes anyways, because he's been kind of away for a little while. There's a good argument to say maybe Duran starts against Bournemouth, and if Ollie's okay, he comes on a little bit later or he misses out altogether. I think we have the firepower. We've proved to be able to cope without bigger players in our team throughout this entire season thus far. I mean, again, it's one of those things we're just going into every game full of confidence, and it's hard to knock, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, I hope Watkins is fit. We'll know more very soon, I guess. We'll probably know more you know, Friday when the, when this pod is out soon after that, we'll probably know because I guess Unai will be having a, you know, press conference about Bournemouth because they, their season's moving so quickly. So we'll probably know um, by the by, by the time the weekend starts um, where Watkins is is, is sitting. Um, Bournemouth's going to be an interesting one because obviously, you know, we've talked about Bubakar Kamara making a mistake today. Other than his mistake, I thought he was excellent as he normally is. Um, he's obviously missing for the Bournemouth game due to yellow card accumulation. So that's going to be very interesting to see how we, you know, that's going to be a test for Unai to adjust to that because while we have a very strong midfield, you know, even aside from Kamara, we have Louise McGinn and Tielemans who are all very, very adept um, at playing centrally in midfield. I would argue that none of those three does the job really that Kamara does, which is pretty much all winning and keeping possession, turning over, you know, Kamara's role, it's got a bit more advanced, but, you know, um, the core of Kamara's role, I think, is basically keeping us ticking over from deep and moving the ball on to more to, to creative players and then offering that kind of secondary support from midfield coming forward. It's going to be very interesting to see who takes on that sort of deeper role with Kamara gone. You know, do you sit Louise, who's been one of, one of if not our best creative player, so far this season, you know, do you sit him deeper? Do you bring McGinn in more centrally and deeper? Because, you know, we all know McGinn loves a challenge, right? He'll stick his ass out and he'll win the ball all day long. So does he fill that role? So it's going to be interesting because there's already going to be some tweaks needed, um, which makes me hope more that Watkins is back because I think we're already going to be going through something of an adjustment that's going to throw us off our normal game and our normal rhythm. So hopefully Watkins is back in. But it'll be, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, the key thing, like we said, with Moreno and Ramsey coming back and all that sort of stuff, the key thing is we have we have assets all over the pitch now, right? We've got danger men all over the pitch. We've got strength in depth in midfield and out wide. Um, we've got all those things that we were kind of looking for over the last 12, 18 months um, until, last, until summer just gone. And it'll be a real test of it moving forward. But you're right, you know, if Watkins isn't fit to come back, Probably Bournemouth away is the game rather than Arsenal or City um, that you'd pick for him to be gone. But like, I mean, you alluded to it already. I, I do not like going to Bournemouth. Same way I do not like playing Wolves ever at any stadium. I don't like going to Bournemouth at all. They're in pretty good form as well. So it's going to be a tough one. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, no, 100%. I do agree with that. And I mean, of course, if there has to be rotation in the midfield, I, we don't really bring him up at all because he barely ever features, but we still do have Dendonker, of course, as well. And he's proven in the past to have one off games and done very well and to fill in as that stopgap. And whether it's Bournemouth or whoever, because there's going to be rotation within, it's just mental within these next nine days or so uh, with three games, it's going to be needed. And I mean, at what point does that happen? I would assume it probably would be Bournemouth over yeah, City and Arsenal. You just you can't really afford to not play your absolute best teams and basically back to back games unless you make the most kind of minor of tweaks. Um, and even then, it would be probably whether you finally give Ramsey a start. Do you start Moreno? Is he ready for that kind of thing yet? So those will be the maybe the I only would, kind of minor yeah, things. I would assume that Moreno will be on the bench um, at Bournemouth. Mainly because I think that playing playing you know two starts in three days is a big ask, isn't it? After after so long out, it's a great time for Ramsey to be coming back. Like yeah. if if Ramsey's in a position where he's fit for a start, that would be great news. I think with Kamara out because it does give you does give you a little bit more freedom to drop one or both or Mathaway, um to drop one or both of Louise or McGinn back because if you've got Ramsey coming in from the start, you know you've got someone who is can carry the ball and is going to be that, you know, be that creative force that we haven't had. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, right? Well, absolutely. And uh, all I can say is against Bournemouth, I hope we play a little bit more physically in the midfield because I don't know why, but Philip Billing always has a very good game against us and it's, it's just horrible to play against. And so it would be a very big game from again, I think, Bournemouth away. He's going to have to be on it, which he has been, you know, time and time again. So. Yeah, and like... It's so tricky. I mean, we could sit here for ages and kind of go over your left back spot, who starts where over the, these next few games. Because even I know you just said there, Tom with Moreno, it's probably too early to kind of have him going back to back. But then I think, do you want to throw him in against City <laughs> or well, Arsenal, yeah. arguably? So there's a, there's no rest for the wicked, unfortunately. And I, I mean, we do look at it all in all. I mean, we'll, we'll get on to this. I know we've kind of touched on this for the last few weeks in regards to fixture congestion and just in case there's people that haven't tuned in for a while or don't really pay attention to the entirety of the schedule, kind of just go on a game by game basis. I envy you to be honest, because I wish I could do that. But uh, with Villa traditionally, we just never can. We have to wait to see when doomsday may be, but uh, all in all this season, it hasn't come yet. So of course, uh, December 3rd, we have Bournemouth away uh, city visit Villa park on the 6th. Uh, then, of course, Villa at Villa Park again on the 9th against Arsenal. Uh, away at Zerinsky on the 14th. The 17th, Villa travel to Brentford. Uh, they host Sheffield United on December 22nd. Have a Boxing Day clash away from home at Old Trafford against United. And then they finish the month off um, December 30th at home against Burnley. So it literally just does not stop. I mean, 
just quickly. Great for, it's great for the fans, but I'm not so sure about the players. <laughs> I don't know if it's great for the fans either, because if you go through a little bit of a sticky spell, then some people wonder if it's going to become completely unraveled. And I mean, as I was literally just about to talk um, midway through what you were going to say previously, Tom, I, I noticed when I was pulling up the Premier League standings, you know how it doesn't pull up the whole thing right away on Google. It pulls up like the top five. It's so weird to see yeah. it right there. You're just like it, it almost catches you off guard, doesn't it? It is still like I'm I'm really not that's something I haven't become blase to, you know, talking about taking like Emmy Martinez for granted until Robin Olsen plays in goal. I have not I'm not taking for granted at all Villa's league position at the moment. You know, we're going into a really tough spell. But how incredible is it as a Villa fan to look ahead at that really busy schedule and you can't really look at any game. I would say even City, you can't look at any game and be sort of 100% sure that Villa are going to lose, which we <laughs> has, has never been the case, really, until until this season. You know, I'm really... I said this before Spurs heading into this, this run of games. In previous years, this run of games would have made me nervous, maybe even fearful of taking some beatings or, you know, things not going our way or starting a skid or whatever. Not to say that that's not, ne- not necessarily going to happen, but I look ahead at this at this fixture schedule starting from before Spurs and just excited to see what Villa can do. You know, we've already won at Spurs. Um, that Arsenal and Man City double, you know, that Arsenal and Man City sort of four day swing. The important thing to remember about it heading in is it's not going to decide our season. It is just two games. And given where we are, that's not going to decide our season. But what it is, is it's a really, really great test of just how much damage we actually can do to arguably the two best teams in, in the league. Um, and you just, uh, it's like Unai's at the wheel, right? There's, <laughs> you know, I'm not going into those games expecting to win, but I'm certainly not going into those games resigned to losing, e- even slightly. And, you know, I think we'll be competitive throughout every game we play in December, which in itself is a hell of an achievement when you've got however many games in however many days. Yeah, I mean, and this is the thing, we talked about this on the last podcast with Simon and Dom. I mean, it's not Villa just playing City and Arsenal and kind of going, oh, we'll have a good go at it, like, if we get beat, whatever. There's, in my opinion, there's even more pressure on those two sides than there is Villa to get something out of this game. This is now a... This is a... I mean, who knows against Bournemouth? Let's say we beat Bournemouth or whatever. This is at least probably a top-five clash heading into City. So with that being said there's a lot on that the media will make a big deal of it I, I know Pep and Arteta will probably say differently it doesn't matter or whatever but behind closed doors they're going to be reinstating the same thing I'm saying now it's a massive game this is a team that's hungry Ula Emery is one of the best coaches in the world in my opinion that's biased but it's true I mean the, the proof is in the pudding the man wins trophies like it's an absolute joke he's literally a fat kid on smarties when it comes to european trophies all in all i don't know if that was a good reference but it's just you sit back and you look at the month and yeah those two games back to back aren't easy zarinsky again it's it's a good way to see where maybe a few players are you can take a little bit more risks there's not really much associated with that as much as you want to take it seriously. I look at Brentford, again, another good test, but I would expect something there. Uh, I think Sheffield United are already relegated, I'll be honest. Sorry, Sheffield United fans. Um, United are just an absolute joke and a mess, um, and uh, I almost feel bad for the fans at this point in some way because 
it's just the way not to run a football club. But anyways, and Burnley as well, they just seem like they can't get anything going and refuse to tweak any tactics. And it's the same old, same old. And then, of course, you go into January and there's two games, but that's because because of uh, FA Cup commitments and stuff like that. And we'll get to that when it happens, because we don't need to big up an FA Cup run. Um, we've done that before. We've, we've learned our lesson. But I mean, Tom, going into this, what did I say here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven games, I think, in the league um, in the month of December. How many points do you think we're getting? Oh, on the spot, man. It's tough. Um, oh, yeah. I Even know. if you want to go game by game, we can do that very quickly. Like, if you want to say Bournemouth this, like that many points, we can do that as well. Bournemouth, Bournemouth, <clears throat> Bournemouth eke out a win. I'm nervous. Oh. And eke, out, eke out a win. One goal win. Um, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be a bit hairy at times, I've got to be honest. Arsenal, I'm so tempted to say that I think will beat Arsenal. I, they're, they're a great, you know, they're a great team. They're really dangerous, obviously. But at home, with you're so right in saying the pressure's on Arsenal for that game. You know, I, I, I fancy us. I think we'll be. I think we'll be. I think we'll be extremely competitive, and I think we could beat Arsenal. Um, City away, I do think we'll lose. I do think we'll lose City away. Um, we, we, you know, we're going to get home. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, City's at home, is it? Yes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do, do, do we do we ruin do we ruin the 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 beaten run at Villa Park? This is what I'm, I'm uh, yeah. unrealistically debating. That's, that's think, the hard thing. Like we're gonna we're gonna lose. We're not go. We're not gonna go. If we go December unbeaten, then just book, <laughs> book the European flights now. Do you know what I mean European? Like, book book the Premier League winners medals because <laughs> if we go unbeaten in this month, we've won the league. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so I don't know. I, in a way, like I genuinely, I'm tempted to say that in the whole of December, our trickiest game is Brentford away, um, because it, they're they're really tough. And they City and Arsenal, I think you know what you're going to get to an extent. You know you've got a you know you've got a man Mark Harland all game long, and you got to stick to him like glue. You know what I mean? You know Arsenal. You know you've got to watch. You know the pace and trickery of Bakayo Saka and Martin Odegaard creating from deep and all that sort of stuff. Brentford, uh, Brentford are very tough, I think, to play. So that's that's one I could see us slipping up on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to give you a points, <laughs> points estimation uh, because I'm still not confident enough to do that. But what I will say is that I think we're going to pick up multiple wins and I think we might, I, I, I think we might just spring a surprise or two over the next couple of weeks. Fair enough. I'm going to give one because, I mean, this. if I'm going to do a prediction, it's now because if I do it after Bournemouth and we've somehow lost, um, <laughs> then I'll lose all credibility. But, I mean, this is a pretty easy quiz question, Tom, but do you remember the last time we beat Bournemouth prior to the 3-0 win last season? I believe um, Rudy, Gest- Rudy Gested, wasn't it? Opening day. Is it opening day? Yes. Bournemouth's first game in the Premier League. In that year. In that bright yellow kit of ours that we went down in. Well, you know what's funny, though? So I'm looking at our head-to-head. So we lost four in a row to them between 2016 and 2022, of course. Keep in mind, Villa were in a different division um, for a few of those seasons, of course. But when you look at it prior to that, I mean, we didn't play them too many times. We beat them both um, in 2015, uh, beat them in 1988 in the old Division Two, beat them or drew against them in '87 in Division Two, uh, Division Three, beat them, and then we lost against them the first time ever in 1971. It's honestly, it's not that bad. It's pretty even. 
I mean, they haven't beaten Unai Emery's Aston Villa yet, so we have to put context yeah. on that. So yeah. I don't know if I'm cursing. People are probably going to say, don't say this, Cole, but I'm going three points against Bournemouth. Uh, the, the, the City Arsenal ones are very difficult. I'm, I, I do think we get something out of one of those games. So I'm going to say we lose to City at home, but then we bounce back and we're going to get a draw against Arsenal. I just, I don't, uh, if we win one of those, I'll be happy and we lose the other. Like, I'll be more than ecstatic. But I'll be, I, I'll be very surprised if we lose both. Yeah, I just, I want Unai Emery to get something against Arsenal so bad because it's going to send their fan base, like, their fan base is going to lose their marbles for absolutely no reason but their own downfall. But anyways, I think we beat Brentford, I'll be honest. Uh, United, I think, Sheffield United, I think we beat them. Annoyingly enough, I feel like we draw against Man United. I just feel like it's such a Villa thing to do, um, all in all. And I think we beat Burnley. So that would mean we would have, let's see here, three points, 11. That would be 14 points out of seven games. That's that's pretty darn good. And that would, pretty, in pretty my good. opinion, that would keep us in the top six at least. This is a this is a fool's game though, Cole. This is it is a fool's so, game, and I'm a, up for pain here. I'm a I'm a Canadian fool. That's all I can say. Anyways, enough of my rambling and my my poor predictions because maybe that'll cost Villa points. But all in all, it's going to be a, a crazy month of December. But anyways, I think we'll leave things there. Unless Tom, do you think we have anything we forgot before we just go I, mental with uh, Villa cheer during the month of December? I personally have one more thing that I'd like to bring up, and that is that I said, anyone who's listened, anyone who listened to this podcast last year has heard me say many, many things about, about dear old Leon Bailey. Many things. Um, one thing I said about Leon Bailey on our preseason preview pod, I think, one of the questions we set for, set for ourselves is who's in line for a really big season. I think, the, I think the way we put it was who needs to step up. I can't remember the exact yeah. wording. And I said Leon Bailey... And it's not because I thought he was necessarily in danger, like he's playing for his future at Villa or anything like that. But it was that after a summer of working under Unai Emery, if Leon Bailey couldn't step up and show more consistency to his game and become the player that we all hoped he was going to be when we sign him, then he was never going to be able to do it, right? And after a summer of preseason under Emery, he's 100% done it, in my opinion at least. It is so refreshing to have Leon Bailey come off the bench like he did today. And you know he is going to be so, so dangerous all the time on that right wing, cutting in. You know, you can cut in on his left, but more often now we also see him checking back onto his onto his right foot, going to the, you know, going to the byline and then putting a ball in the box. Um, he's just so dangerous. He's really, really worked on his game. I think he's found confidence and consistency under Unai. Um, and he was desperately unlucky not to score the goal that would have sealed our, you know, passage straight to the last 16 today. That first touch from that Robin Ol- that long Robin Olsen ball was sensational. And that finish was excellent. Just, you know, inches. So unlucky to see it bounce down on the goal line. Um, every time he comes on now, whether he starts or he comes off the bench, sorry, every time you really, really feel like he's got a goal in him. And you're never, I hate to say it, but 12, 18 months ago, 12 months ago, I don't know. When Leon Bailey scored, I was always kind of surprised, to be honest. Um, whereas now, I, I feel like he's he's one of our more, most dangerous players, like all told. Um, he seems like an absolute nightmare to play against a lot of the time in recent weeks. Long may it continue. I'm really glad that he stepped up. 
And it goes back to what we said right at the start, bringing it full circle. Go back to what we, what we said right at the start of this pod. Strength in depth, right? Having that Leon Bailey to come off the bench and push for start is worlds away from where we were, you know, two years ago, 18 months ago, however long ago. All a sign of the all-around progress. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see him start at Bournemouth. I think I think Bournemouth away could be quite a good game for him. Um, and I think he, he's, he's got many more big contributions to come this season. Caveat, as long as he stays fit. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing, too. I, I think the way that Unai Emery is managing his minutes, it's been so effective and it's proving to to work wonders. But, I mean, quickly, Tom, if Brudy Traore is Captain Chaos, what is Leon Bailey? Is he the Jamaican sensation? Is he Captain Mayhem? Captain Panamonium? Lieutenant, I don't know, Confusion? What do we What do we label him? Private pandemonium. I like that. That's good. Private pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Craig Butler, if you're listening. I'm sorry to do your boy like that. But um, no, yeah, he's got the same thing, though. You know, he has got that that explosive nature to him. You still never quite know what you're going to get from him. Um, you know, he does still lose the ball a fair bit. But we've said this multiple times. Like That's part and parcel of the game when you're a winger and you're taking on people like that. And his output this season, I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, but it's so good. For the minutes played, it's so good. Um, so, you know, all power to him. Private pandemonium. Let's see what he comes up with on Sunday. Private pa- pandemonium and Captain Chaos. You know it's going to be a, a fantastic month. I'll say this very quickly. If Brudy Traore comes back from out of the blue and scores during this month scores after five more, minutes coming scores in. Scores one more screamer like he did at, uh, at Leicester, yeah. If he comes on and does contribute positively randomly throughout the month of December at least once I'm saying it we're we're in the top four at the end of the month because <laughs> it's, it's meant it, to yeah. be <laughs> uh yeah fingers crossed let's see let's see what we come up with we'll have to see or you know what if if Emmy Martinez scores a goal for him coming up for the last second to get us a draw or something just absolutely mental you just know what's meant to be and we'll we'll claim that as a as a, a Holt cast um, kind of credit or, or whatever you want to call it. But anyways, I think this is a good way to leave this one. Hopefully everyone enjoys this. We did say we'd be half an hour. I'm sure it's probably closer to 40 minutes, but again, it's, us, actually, yeah. that, is, that is very good for me and Tom, because usually it's probably an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 20. But regardless of that, thank you very much to Tom Nightingale for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at TD Nightingale. Find me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days at talk Aston Villa tweet the team at 7500 to hold and of course email the podcast holdcast at gmail.com if you want anything put out on the website anything in regards to your opinions on villa of course you can reach out to 7500 to hold main at gmail.com I finally got it right usually I don't know over the last month I've shown poor form and forgot the website's main email address so uh I don't know um just not good of me anyways regardless of that i just butchered a very good outro we'll leave it there we should be back post bournemouth i hope and don't forget uh, the villa Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.